0: Welcome to the Paperback Show. I'm your host, Ricky Grove, and this is episode 16, which focuses on Ace Books and their Occult Paranormal series of paperbacks, published from the mid-50s to the early 1980s. Ace Books began publishing paperbacks in 1952. Aaron A. Wynn was a successful magazine publisher who branched out into paperback publishing because it was timely and profitable. Initially, Ace published the standard mystery and western paperbacks, but it soon started publishing science fiction. Eventually, science fiction became its main publishing focus, especially when they moved to the Ace Double format. That's two books in one published on opposite sides. We covered Ace Doubles in our very first podcast. Because they were so successful, Ace began publishing gothic novels, media tie-in novelizations, and romances. They were especially successful with a series of nurse romances, which actually looked pretty interesting despite the generic themes. A. Wynn dies in 1967, and then Ace was sold to Grosset and Dunlap in 1972. The publisher continued to publish science fiction under the editors Donald A. Walheim and Terry Carr. Carr is notable for the Ace Science Fiction Special series, which we will cover in a future episode. Our focus in this episode, however, is the Ace Occult and Paranormal series. Well, actually, it's not really a series. It's more like a common theme that Ace used to sell their paperbacks. Why did they start publishing paperbacks on these subjects? The 60s was an era of change, and one of those areas was the paranormal and the occult. People, mostly the young, began to explore alternatives to established religions. Television, which was booming from the mid-50s onward, have several hit shows that dealt with the weird and the strange. Twilight Zone, One Step Beyond, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Thriller, and several more. Ace caught on to the zeitgeist and started publishing paperbacks on weird, paranormal topics from the 1950s to the early 1980s. The first of these paperbacks that Ace published was Impossible, Yet It Happened by R. DeWitt Miller in 1962. It was a reprint from 1947. The original title was Forgotten Mysteries, which were magazine articles he wrote for the magazine Coronet. This book set the theme for later paperbacks published in this loose series. The book covered stories that were strange, weird, and unexplainable, but offered no explanation for the cause of the events. Some of the events include missing people, strange psychic powers, monsters, spontaneous combustion, ghosts, and other weird phenomena. I first discovered these books in the paperback store I worked at as a young boy. Frank Edwards, who had a hit radio show on Strange Phenomena before he began writing books, was the first author I read late into the night. His Stranger Than Science, 1960, a star edition, filled my young mind with all kinds of images and ideas. I think I even tried to recreate some of the stories out in the desert near my home. I sought out all of his books and read them avidly, as I suspect many young readers, and adults alike, did as well. In all, he wrote six books for the Ace series, and they were very popular. Reprints are still being published today. Other young successful authors in the Ace Paranormal Occult series include Brad Steiger, Hans Holzer, John Macklin, and Charles Fort. Ford in particular was an extremely successful writer who combed through the New York Public Library newspaper archives for stories of odd phenomena and events. At one point, Ford was quoted as saying that he had a collection of over 48,000 notes taken from magazines, scientific journals, and newspaper, all on the strange and the weird. He published four books in the A-series, Low, 1965, The Book of the Damned, 1966, New Lands, 1968, and Wild Talents, 1968. Note that these books were originally written in the 1920s and the 1930s. Fort's writing, compared to the other writers in this series, was, frankly, atrocious. But the information, however badly presented, was fascinating. He was influential in the development of professional studies of the occult and paranormal, and on writers like Stephen King. Just before his death in 1932, fans and supporters met and created the Fortian Society, and the term Fortian has since become a word that represents anyone studying psychic and unexplained phenomena. The Fortian Times magazine, first published in 1973, espoused a journalistic approach to the study of the unexplained, and has a profound influence on the pervasive Ghost Hunter shows we see streaming online today. My personal favorite author in the Ace Paperback series was Hans Holzer. I believe he was the best writer among the authors Ace published. He was an Austrian American writer who lived in the US, 1920 to 2009. He wrote more than 120 books on supernatural and occult subjects for the popular market, as as well as several plays, musicals, films, and documentary. And hosted a television show, Ghost Hunter. Aced published four of his books in the Paranormal Occult series, Ghosts I Have Met in 1966, ESPNU in 1966, Ghost Hunter... 1964, and Yankee Ghosts, 1966. His writings were quite influential. He wrote two books on the Amityville poltergeist and explored some of the most haunted places around the world. He also was interested in spirit photography and published a book on the subject, Psychic Photography, Threshold of a New Science, in 1970. His book, Ghost Hunter, is the topic of the second half of this podcast. Eventually, as times changed and the cultural zeitgeist shifted, Ace stopped publishing books on this subject. But the impact of this series goes far beyond just exciting and imaginative reading. While other paperback publishers sold books on this topic as well, none of them did so with the range and volume that Ace did. Donald Walheim the overall editor of the series, did a wonderful job of entertaining and perhaps educating readers on subjects like UFOs, demons, witchcraft, possession, ghosts, and psychic phenomena at a time of intense interest in the unexplained. And finally, a short note on the cover illustrations for books in the series. Compared to the Ace Westerns and science fiction paperbacks, most of the covers are quite dull, Text dominates the covers front and rear. It looks very much like a magazine cover instead of a paperback. Graphics are usually blurred photos of a man in the forest or abstract paintings. When you get to the UFO and Satanic-themed paperbacks, there are more interesting covers that look almost avant-garde or psychedelic. Essentially, most of the covers in the Paranormal Occult series either have quotes on how good or strange the book is, or listings of some of the strange events written about inside of the book. And now stay tuned for a discussion of Hans Holzer's Ghost Hunter, with professional writer Lisa Morton. And we're back to the second half of the paperback show. In this section, we'll be discussing uh, Hans Holzer's The Ghost Hunter with Lisa Morton. Lisa, you were a guest on our very first episode where we ironically talked about Ace books as well. We talked about the Ace Doubles series, specifically uh, Philip K. Dick's books. Remember that? I do indeed. Cool. Well, let me give you a short introduction, or would you rather do the introduction?
1: um either way is fine with me
0: well i'll give it a stab lisa morton is a professional writer of fiction and nonfiction. she's an award winner of the stoker award which is the award for horror fiction uh, she was also president of that organization for several years Um, She writes uh, uh, nonfiction as well and is a noted Halloween historian, having written several books on Halloween, including the Halloween Encyclopedia and the History of Trick or Treat. Um, She's also written fascinating books on uh, the history of ghosts, and she's done a terrific and interesting book and well-received by the critics on the History of the Seance, which I'm absolutely fascinated with uh her most recent book is a book called the art of the zombie movie in which she got all sorts of interesting uh, graphic representations of various the history of the entire zombie movie uh did i leave anything out that you think is important
1: no uh the only other thing i would add is that i do the weekly ghost report that um you can find uh through mysterycontrol.com, I think is the current website.
0: Excellent. Um, she ha- Lisa has an excellent uh website, personal website that she designed herself, which is filled with all sorts of goodies. Uh it's LisaMorton.com, lisamorto dot com. Check it out. There's lots of cool stuff there. Well, let's get started about uh, the Ace, Paranormal, and Occult series, and specifically the Ghost Hunter. Uh, when when did you start reading uh, paperbacks on the Occult and Paranormal? Did you come across the Ace series
1: at all? I I don't recall those. I was, as a kid, I, I started reading these things. Um, I remember having a few of the Penguin titles with their little orange spines and so forth. Um, and I recall the authors I liked then. I liked D. Scott Rogo. I liked Frank Edwards. Um, my real favorite was probably John Keel, and uh, I probably read a Hans Holter book somewhere in there because the guy wrote 120 of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was pretty prolific. Oh, uh, you mentioned John Keel. He did that really fascinating uh, book, which is was in paperback called The Mothman. Do you remember that? What was it about that particular subject that interested you?
1: Yeah, the the book is The Mothman Prophecies. They did Ah, a a film out of that a few years ago. Um, The one of his that I got, I think, probably either at a school book fair or a used bookstore back in the 70s, um, was Strange Creatures from Time and Space. I probably bought it because it had a Frisetta cover
0: yeah but, yeah um,
1: the interior was really great and and one of the things I found fascinating about John Keel was he attempted to combine everything into one unified theory so he would combine Mothman and Ghost and Bigfoot and whatever local cryptids men in black everything into what he called the windows theory and the windows theory. The idea was that there were windows that would abruptly open onto another dimension and that these things would all come through at once. And then the window would close and they were, would all vanish. And, and what was kind of elegant about this theory was that it did explain why these things so often showed up in clumps and why they so often came quickly and went quickly. Mm. Uh, I mean, back when we were all reading about flying saucers, as we are now under a different name, um, they, one of the, the reports you would read over and over was how these things would just abruptly zigzag and be gone. Um, yeah. And so his whole Windows theory was a really
0: interesting way to explain all of that. That's great. I didn't know about the Windows theory. It's fascinating. It certainly does unify a lot of. Uh... Uh, various phenomena that nobody could explain well let's turn to Hans Holzer and his book the ghost hunter now I always thought that Hans Holzer created the term gold ghost hunter but you told me it was someone else who was it
1: it was a gentleman named Harry Price and Harry Price was a British ghost hunter who actually came around uh, in the first few decades of the 20th century Harry was a really interesting character. He started with the SPR, the Society for Psychical Research in Great Britain as an investigator, but he uh, ended up having quite a parting of the ways with them. He went off and he founded his own sort of alternate Institute started doing his own investigations. He was a bit of a showman, and he published a book, I think in the 40s, that was called Confessions of a Ghost Hunter. So Hmm. I think Hans Holter even later on claimed to have created that, but the truth is it was Harry Price.
0: Right. Got it. Now, what exactly is a ghost hunter, Lisa?
1: Uh, well, you know, somebody who hunts ghosts is the easiest way to explain it. Now, I, I, one of the things I found interesting about Hans Holter's book, this, this book is the most interesting part is the introduction. The rest of it is just a collection of stories of his adventures and so forth. But his introduction, he says some really odd and interesting things in here. Um, he calls himself a professional. Ghost Hunter, which I found interesting considering that this book was published in what? Uh,
0: 1963.
1: 63. um So the idea that there was anyone at that time who was a professional ghost hunter I thought was pretty fascinating. Um, he talks at length in here about how he investigates and his investigation. This is interesting to me. The purpose of investigation is twofold. One, uh, One is establish the observed facts of the phenomena, and two, to make contact with the alleged ghost. You will notice that nowhere in there is there any hint of skepticism. Um, Mm. He was a very, very true confirmed believer. Um, And he had some interesting theories on his own. He used the term ESP in some of his books and when he used that term he wasn't talking necessarily extrasensory perception he applied ESP as a sort of broad term that encompassed all kinds of psychic phenomenon specifically he was really interested in psychometry which was the idea that a sensitive or a medium could pick up an object and could read its history just from touching it um which is a little bit similar to some of the the things like stone tape theory that are popular right now in paranormal investigating, um, which stone tape theory is the idea that an object or a place can record its own history. And so Hans believed in psychometry, which was the idea that, yes, that happened. And then there were certain people who could read that history. And He, I think somewhere in here makes some kind of statement about how he believes that very few people can really do this. He thinks it was a very highly specialized, like natural talent. Um, And he was an interesting ghost hunter in using almost no gadgetry or mechanical equipment. The only piece of mechanical equipment he ever used was really a tape recorder. Mm. Uh, now, of course, this was back in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s before we had all of the gadgets. But right. even back then, there were people who were using cameras and um, um, other back then, maybe uh, uh, more audio recording. His idea with using a tape recorder was he just wanted a record of what the medium said. He wasn't interested in EVPs, right. that kind right. of thing. So yeah. it, it, he's kind of an interesting guy in that regard.
0: Now, do you think this book and his um, term ghost hunter um, influenced writers, both of fiction and nonfiction, so that eventually the, the phenomena caught on again? What was it in the early 90s when the ghost hunting shows started showing up?
1: Really, I think it starts in 2005 Uh in this country in the U.S. It started a year earlier, actually, in Great Britain. But here it started with um, Ghost Hunters came on right um, with the the new jersey plumbers and then in, a year later you get ghost adventures with zach baggins and his crew coming along and um i would be surprised if a lot of these guys hadn't grown up with hans holzer uh, uh. he was so ubiquitous in like paperback metaphysics or whatever they were calling those sections back in the right. 60s if you were reading those kind of books at all in the 60s 70s 80s you were probably reading Hans Holzer there yeah. weren't a lot of other people writing this stuff back then and there was nobody as insanely prolific as he was
0: right. now in terms of his writing um you've written both fiction and non-fiction there are 24 uh, accounts or stories of various hauntings and I enjoy them I thought they were very well written they read almost like fiction what do you think
1: uh, absolutely this this book feels to me like a collection of great ghost stories um I think Holzer was probably more interested in telling a story and entertaining his readers than providing truly factual accounts he's not interested in keeping logs or records or keeping track of specific data, that kind of thing. He provides really just enough to hook you into the story. And then he goes from there. Um, So they're almost like little flash fiction stories because none of them are very long. Um, He would later on write a few full length books that were on just one particular haunting. Uh, He covered Amityville in a couple of books. He was one of the people involved with the original Amityville cases um, but yeah, this book is like a collection of wonderful little, little interesting short stories. They absolutely do read like fiction to me. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're so entertaining. I, I'm not right. sure,
0: yeah. Um, a lot of the paperbacks in the ACE uh, series um, collect s- stories and they don't spend much time trying to explain anything. I suppose that's because. The Ace Donald A. Walheim was the major publisher for them uh, editor for at that time. And I think he essentially wanted to intrigue and in- excite readers. Um, have more modern paperbacks of these subjects ventured into explaining the various phenomena of ghosts and and uh, ESP and monsters and things like that.
1: Well, of course nowadays you you don't necessarily get that information from books anymore you get uh, it from reality television shows and social media and podcasts and interviews and um and yes there are any number of theories now that are advanced beyond what Hans Holzer was talking about there are um I we all know about the K2 meter which is one of the standard pieces of ghost hunting equipment now the k2 meter is nothing but uh an existing electrician's device used to measure electromagnetic frequencies around a site right Uh, it was very useful in finding Hmm. out if one of your appliances had a leak or an issue that kind of thing and then of course it got turned to ghost hunting with the idea being that a ghost would be a, an entity that relies on energy, that it probably is made of energy, that it is taking energy in the room and sort of using it or manipulating it, and that these meters could de- detect that. And virtually all of the modern ghost hunting theories and the equipment are based on these notions of energy um things like the spirit box which is a device that rapidly scans radio frequencies and um occasionally blurts out a word the idea is that the spirits can manipulate these radio frequencies this energy that's coming through this box and use it to form words now of course when you listen to a spirit box and yes i have one that i think is very entertaining to play with it essentially sounds like a lot of white noise occasionally interrupted by a word. So it's like, uh. well, so it's fairly obvious to me that what you're hearing is probably a little piece of a radio show that has broken through a DJ, something like that. Um it, They're very hard to understand just as EVPs tend to be. So, again, the human tendency towards pareidolia, which is the idea that our brains want to create patterns in things because it's easier for us to process. I see. Our pareidolia is going to turn these dip, these little brief things that sound like human voices into coherent words. Yeah. And it's going to fit those words into a story or a pattern that, that you can understand. So. Um, you might hear a series of words and you will think it applies to a ghost. You will see. Sneaking.
0: Yeah, because you want to make meaning. The idea is to make meaning out of the sort of random sounds that you hear. Got it. You're right, Got it. exactly. Some of the interesting uh, uh, titles of the chapters are The Whistling Ghost, The Stranger at the Door, The Greenwich Village Ghost, which I found particularly enjoyable. It's about the artist in Greenwich mm-hmm. Village, uh, The Ghost at St. Mark's, that's a, uh, a street in New York City. The House Ghost of Bergenville, The Ghostly Lover. Oh, boy. Uh, the Rockland County Ghost, The Haunted Chair. Um, lots of other really interesting ones. and uh, They're all very entertaining, even to the modern reader, I think. Now, I found it interesting. Uh, this is my last question before we sign out. Uh, the tra- I was in my research. I discovered that the Travel Channel created a series called the Holzer Files, where modern ghost hunters went to some of Hans Holzer's c- encounters uh, locations. His uh, his legacy is certainly assured if they're doing a television show out of it. Do you think he was a showman or a real psychic explorer, somebody who took it seriously and wanted to find out the truth?
1: I suspect he was somewhere in between. Um, I think that with many of the mediums, the psychics, um, I suspect that he probably was genuine in his belief, but he also was anxious to tell a story, to entertain. Um, and the problem with that is that it will occasionally mean you may not be above tricking your audience into mm. believing what will tell the best story um which i think is something that mediums have employed for centuries now <laughs> um i see it on the television shows i watch um i am very suspicious of a lot of the things that happen on the paranormal investigation shows but i go along with it because it's entertaining right Um, which is uh,
0: the reason i think so many people read all of these ace uh, paranormal books because they were exciting and interesting i know i was excited when i first got my read my first one which was frank edwards stranger than science i just remember when i was a kid i was just my jaw dropped when i was reading about frogs raining down from the sky and big i think that was my first exposure to bigfoot it just opened my little boy's brain to all sorts of fascinating things. Um
1: yeah, absolutely. And you know, and that's not a bad thing either. No. Um, so I sometimes I think these books encountered by a young reader can possibly spur their imagination in some really
0: interesting right. ways. Right. Why do you think the uh uh psychic phenomena and the study of the cult has come back in the two thousands?
1: That's a really interesting question. Um, I You can absolutely chart spikes in paranormal belief after major global traumas. Um, if we look back at the history of seances, we see a huge increase after the Civil War, after World War I, um Not as big after World War II, but still there. And then I think we probably got a big spike in it from 9-11. Right. Um, One of the things about these kind of mass traumas is that people lose loved ones in ways that they don't get closure. Mm. So, um, you know, if you look at something like World War One, your son, your husband, your brother has gone off to war and perhaps was simply never heard from after a battle. They didn't find his body. They didn't they don't know if he was captured.
0: So missing in action
1: missing an action and you can imagine how incredibly traumatic that would have been to the people the loved ones left behind and if they could visit a medium or pick up a spirit board a, a ouija board um and get what is purported to be a message from their loved one assuring them that everything was all right you can imagine that there would have been a very comforting thing and in that was happening there and uh i think we see that again um it was interesting that at the beginning of the pandemic um actually not the very beginning but uh, about a year into it i was contacted by cnn and they asked me to come on to a podcast called margins of of error that they were doing and talk about a spike in paranormal belief after the pandemic and i said Mm. well at the beginning of the pandemic, I absolutely predicted that. Um, I expected to see that happen because, again, it was a mass event. Yeah, It had those kind of things that were right in there about your loved one could be on the other side of the country and might die of this terrible disease and you would not be able to go see them. I got it. You wouldn't have that closure. Um, and then there was an interesting additional factor with the pandemic, which was all kinds of people suddenly stuck in their houses for long periods of time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, normally you might be spending the day at your job. You come home at night. You probably are tired. You go right to bed. But suddenly you're in your house 24 hours a day for weeks at a time and you start thinking, what is that sound? <laughs> what, what, was that? My, <clears throat> w- what is happening in my house? You know? Right,
0: right. So is it haunted? Just, yeah.
1: Yeah, right. Of course. It's making weird sounds. Well, okay. My house was built in 1965. It's probably going to make weird sounds sometimes. Yeah, And um, it, it was no surprise to me though, that we had a spike in paranormal belief after that. And I think um, Like I said, at the beginning of the 21st century, I think 9-11 contributed to that. Certainly millennial fears contributed to that. And so I'm not at all surprised that it has um, exploded Research. in popularity yeah. over the last 20 years.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's some really interesting insights on the reasons for it. Of course, this was 63. The A-Series ran from the late 50s through the 1980s it's actually not a series it's sort of a a theme of of books and lots of interesting authors in it um i have detailed show notes on our new substack website for the paperback show in which we'll talk about i'll list all of the uh books in the series or in the the theme um there's also a really several interesting sites that have all of the covers of these which are unusual as well I i went through the warren's paperback guide and got all of the list so it's incomplete but it's a good start i'd also like to say that um i owe a lot to the article in paperback parade by reinhardt hoerwood uh gary lavese's paperback parade 113 i'll have a a copy of the cover and also a list of it that brought my attention to it i knew that in the back of my head but he organized it and laid it out because it also covered UFOs when UFOs were going on, voodoo, Satanism. He lumped everything all together. Um, I'm not sure that's accurate or not, but anyway, that's what he did. So thanks a lot for being on the show today, Lisa. I appreciate it. As always, I want you to come back again so we can talk about stuff. You can find out about her new book. There's Pinky, her little cat. Um, her new book Art of the Zombie Movie which you can find out at her website lisamorton.com and again our show notes are at paperbackshow.com which is our new Substack website so uh, stay tuned for our next uh, podcast coming soon which will be on the Bantam Books Westerns finally getting to westerns a bit so thanks Lisa we'll see you again goodbye
1: alright thanks Ricky Good night.